to Embracing the Wild. I am Abby Pagoon. And I am Audra Wadley. I'm Mikayo. <laughs> and he's Mikayo. <laughs> Trying to stay quiet and do all the things if possible. Yeah. So that was supposed to be a pig, but it sounded more like a screaming, I don't know. <laughs> duck? <laughs> duck. Yeah. A duck walk or something? It sounded like a duck. Okay. Duck. <laughs> I, I kind of feel like my body hasn't cut caught up yet like i'm not in it yet probably because we've been going like 80 miles an hour on the freeway for the last like four and a half hours so i'm a little subdued a little subdued you know how it is when you're like if you go on an elevator and you kind of like drift up and down and then you're kind of like and then you're just moving or if you were on the treadmill and when you get off the treadmill you almost fall when it's still land because you're like (laughs) you can't you can't do it yeah well, or the walking, the walkway things at the airport. When you take those first few steps off, you yes. like you still stood me. Which I've seen people fall. I've seen people fall, and you're like, "Oh my god!" And you want to go help them, but then you like can't because then you have to make sure that you don't fall on top of them. Could you just imagine if there was like a conveyor belt domino effect of people? <laughs> they just pile up at the end. Don't they do that on yeah, um, In and Out when like I love Riley, I love Riley, I love Riley, and they like all the boyfriends of Riley. Do you remember that? When I have the, no idea what you're talking with, about. Like <laughs> Inside Out, the Disney movie, oh. where like the character, the cartoon characters are personality traits of the individual, oh. and then like. You know, like it was in the um, like daydream land of Riley, and then like I love Riley. I know I love Riley because they're like they somehow got carbon copied, and they carbon copied them, and then they ended up going like a domino effect. It's been a while since I've seen it. So. I have a memory that is weird. It's okay. It's all good. But apparently, it impressed you. I don't know if it did impress me. I, I obviously was entertained by it. So I guess that is impressionable. Impressionable. Yeah. Yes. But you know what also impressed me? What's that? was a little game called Mad Libs. Oh, no. To which we found in the gas station. Oh, no. To which my child did not know what that was. Oh, how funny. And the only reason why we are in needing a game like Mad Libs is because my daughter had a gymnastics meet this weekend at an undisclosed location. <laughs> Even though I'm sure down people south. could just... Yeah, <laughs> down south. Um, which I'm sure everyone knows if they follow me on Facebook, then really yeah. there is no undisclosed location because I think I tagged the exact hotel to which we stayed at. Right. So, <laughs> really, whatever. Yeah, eh, yeah. Tomato, tomato. But... We did said ad Mad Libs, and I brought said Mad Libs because I couldn't wait to share with my best friend Audra, so I could hear her <laughs> giggle away. Awesome! Because hmm, it let's just say very interesting. There's two of them, and now she did not like. We had to go and make sure she knew, like you know, she knew what nouns were. It was like the adjective and the verbs get confusing, and then especially when they're doing like the whatever. But you know, ad libs. I mean, that was like the that was like the best way to pass time in the car when you were bored out of your mind. See, we never did that. So did you never? I was like, I kind of, sort of, sort of, kind of know what you're talking about, but I never had those. Okay. So, so well, and I loved them because it was the creativity. So, like, yeah. so there's random stories that are written in the little booklet, and then they have blanks, and you don't read the story. You just go through to the blank, and it says like adjective, a place, person in the room, verb ending with ing, and you and you create 
like whatever that is. You write it in there, not knowing oh, the story, hilarious. and then you go back and you read it. So we are going to read the one, the first one, my daughter's very first experience with Mad Libs, which is the latest dance craze is the title. So it says, have you heard about the vibrant dance craze sweeping the leprechaun village? <laughs> it's called the Leo. My daughter's name is Leo. (laughs) Slip on your jumping shoes, turn up the speakers on your eyeballs, and let's master the moves that put this red dance on the map. Put your hands on your penis. (laughs) Stomp your finger. (laughs) And strike a sticky pose. Oh my. Take 47 (laughs) shiny steps to the left. And spin cautiously, then take 70,000 slippery steps to the right. Throw your kneecap into the air and sway your dads from side to side. For the big finish, stick out your armpit and wiggle it lovingly. (laughs) Repeat all these loud steps until the song is over. (laughs) I can see that in Leprechaun World. (laughs) The leprechaun village. My best favorite part was the fact that penis and finger, and then it was like, grab your, stop, like, put your hands on your penis and stomp your finger. And I was like, oh, crap. My 14-year-old clearly just got a first leaven into masturbation. Dink, 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 dink. Now, the second one, I have no idea what the name of this one, but I think it has something to do with, like, a dancing dream or something and it and this one she did like the other one i picked I think, does it say it on the back no does it is that is no, it? i dream of dancing yes i dream of dancing good one so i dream of dancing you're always dreamed of grow um you've always dreamed of growing up to be a hairy professional dancer with audiences giving you farting ovations <laughs> And showering the stage with eyeballs. <laughs> what is it with her and the eyeballs? I don't know. <laughs> which um, which slimy dancing career will you choose? Number one, a prima dad for a furry ballet company. You'll leap, twirl, and fall across the stage. Stage in a sticky tutu. <laughs> sticky, slimy. Yeah. No, <laughs> sticky, slimy. Yeah. <laughs> Then number two, a famous. <laughs> Penisette. <laughs> who dances at Grandma. City Musical Hall, your smelly high kicks will be known throughout Pinstack. <laughs> oh my. <laughs> I felt like that was a little bit too. Um, I don't know, those it's Chippendale dancers whack, wiggling <laughs> the pee-pee said grandma in Pinstack, by the way. I was going to say, it's like I can see the, the uniforms and the high kicks and, yeah, just things that aren't supposed to be there. there. Yeah. <laughs> and number three, the competitive ballroom mom. You'll glide along wearing a floor-length McDonald's while your partner carries a long stem thumb in his mouth. <laughs> And that consumed our time for about 20 minutes. Okay. Well, there you go. Yeah. <laughs> Bondage. <laughs> Not 
sexual bondage, but like, you know, mother-daughter bondage. Like, yes. bonding. Yes. Yes. Appropriate bonding. Uh, about <laughs> penis and eyeballs. Wow. Now, the worst part is, is that for those of you that don't live in Texas, Bucky's is like home base to any stopping station, which we coincidentally have noticed that they happen to build them almost exactly a female urination time comes. Yeah. <laughs> They were pretty smart that way. They, they were went, they really went, creative. Like, how far out of Houston do we need to be? <laughs> right. How far out of Dallas do we need to be? Right. And, oh, by the way, if women are driving and consuming our products, they will most likely have to pee about every hour to hour and a half. So why don't we just put a stop about every hour and a half? And the best part is, like, the first one, I can't remember where we were at. It was, like, it wasn't, like, Ms. It wasn't Melissa and it wasn't Carnival or something like that, but I couldn't remember exactly what the name of it was. But you see this big bee, you see the big Bucky Beaver, you know, head in the air. <laughs> and then you, and it sounds like that. Yeah. And then you see underneath it, like the location to which it is. And this one was called Enos. Oh, Ennis. Ennis. Yeah. Okay, thank you. We yeah. get to play another... We need to do another or game of be. name these Texas towns, because I can never do it. But so, it's Ennis, but like Leo they sees say, it... They might say Ennis, I don't know. Well, Leo <laughs> saw it and thought penis. Oh, okay. And so that kind of started the Madeline the penis trend, penis which trend. then I kind of pointed out to her something she did wasn't aware of, where I said, oh, look, a vagina and a penis in the same signage. And she's like, what are you talking about? And I was like, sometimes people refer to vaginas as beaver. <laughs> and you've got Bucky the beaver and Enos <laughs> underneath. And there you go. That is, that is how our Mad Libs were influenced for the rest of the... The rest of the day. Yeah. And somehow, like, the eyeballs were popping out, too. <laughs> right. Exactly. Yeah. But I do have to say, one of the things I really like about road trips is it does give a really amazing opportunity to create quality bonding time. Yeah. And the question is, how many people actually do that? Right. Instead of being on an electronic device. Right. I was going to say, I, I love road trips, like, just for that reason. You know, there's great conversations that happen on road trips, and it's like I have lots of friends that as a couple, when they travel together, it's like some of their best time to bring up issues important conversations right (laughs) it absolutely i totally agree with that because because you're kind of a captive calm audience there's mm -hmm. nothing like there's not activating there's no pressure it's just kind of like hey let's have a conversation about life yeah (laughs) or goals or Or whatever whatever it it is and i you know it's interesting because like i know that there were you know i there's a podcast that i like to listen to and um, you know, that everybody's got an opinion. So everybody's got an opinion about things. So like podcasters such as themselves, like, um, also have opinions and things like that, which we are different from other people. Cause it's not like a political one and it's not like a, um, a viewpoint ish, you know, awareness one. We're just creating more of a wholesome, holistic, open approach here and just, respecting human and life existence and people being good and how to deal with yourself where you know some of the other podcasts that you listen to there's always like a biasness or you know like they might have such a strong opinion that their ego takes over and they don't stay with higher self so they're not respecting like living beings as much because they'll make general statements on how you know such and such group are all idiots or you know such and such group hate this and it's like you can't make generic comments like that without right and so um 
what I find interesting is, you know, a couple subjects came up to which, you know, my daughter kind of didn't know some of the things that had been happening in our world. So it gave us an opportunity to have these conversations and really kind of say, hey, look. And it wasn't saying like, hey, I want you to think this way and vote this way or whatever. It was more of, hey, look at these oxymorons that are playing out in the world and where is right where's ego taking over where's higher self what is the right way to handle things and we did end up discussing um you know her generational approach and how you know some of the things that are happening in the world um her generation won't stand up or say anything because they don't like confrontation. It's too dramatic. They don't want to deal with it. As soon as they say something, someone gets canceled or shunned or whatever, which is just sucks. What's teaching, like, it's teaching preteens that it's not safe to speak your truth. Correct. Or to even, like, even be a, know or be aware of what truth is for them. Mm-hmm. And... The thing that I found most interesting is, like I said to, you know, my point was, if you don't stand up for yourself or your beliefs, meaning don't allow other people to come infringent, um, then what ends up happening is then people keep doing it. It becomes the norm. It becomes acceptable. And then it continues to become out of control, spiral out of control to the point where it's so far past okay that they start losing their liberties and their beliefs and their freedom to just be an individual and that's what upsets me and you know it just i don't really know if there really is like something to do about that i just know that it was important for us to have that conversation so that she was aware where she stood and where her viewpoints were but at the same time making sure that she doesn't allow someone to, you know, get away with just pushing a belief system onto her and her just saying, oh, well, I don't want to, you don't know. I rock I, the boat. Exactly. Do that. You know, I, I have to think back, though, because she's what, 12, 13? 14. She's 14 She's now? 14 oh, now. Oh, my gosh. Okay, so she's not she's even bigger, preteen. She's, she's pre- bigger she's, than I am. Forever. Yeah. <laughs> like forever she's gonna be she's, bigger than me. I, it, it occurred to me on this trip that yeah. i will no longer she will always be bigger than i <laughs> no matter how much she weighs she will always be bigger than me because i'm five foot nothing and she is now officially like five three and a half or something she's not that tall yet she is that's how tall i am yeah okay all right so scary i get it yeah you guys are giant giants yeah. to me my niece just kept going after that it's so like she was she bypassed five three and kept going but, you know, I, I actually, like, have had some stuff come up for me um, in the last week, just kind of some of the healing work that I'm doing on myself. Because um, when it comes time to, like, put yourself out there where I've spent a lot of my life kind of hiding in plain sight. Like, mm-hmm. I didn't want to be seen or heard for a lot of those same reasons because I didn't want someone to come out and bash me or whatever it was. And, you know, it's like the people that know me from a networking standpoint, it's like they don't think of me like that because it's like I stand up and talk just like everyone else. But at the same time, it's like there's a piece of me that I always hold back because of all of the judgment and all of the stuff that I don't want to face. Mm-hmm. And for me, it's always come from a place of like, when I was, you know, your kid's age and probably even a young, a little bit younger, um, 
you know, it's like I would say something and it would be met with something along the lines of you're wrong, you don't know what you're talking about or whatever it is. And so I just kept my thoughts and myself to myself. Did you feel shut down because of that? Like, did, did it give you feelings of like, okay, I better not share? Like it shut down your ability to share? Or was it more of fear of what others' opinions were? Like, you know, I, I think it was a combination of the two. Okay. Like, it wasn't that I couldn't actually share because absolutely if I felt comfortable in a situation, I would. Mm-hmm. But at the same time, it's like I wouldn't volunteer my opinion in a group setting. Got it. If someone was, you know, speaking up about politics or whatever else, it didn't matter what I thought. I just wasn't going to share anything. Interesting. I was just going to stay quiet because I didn't want, I want, I didn't want to argue. I'm not going to argue over things. It's like, you have your point of view. I have my point of view. What's the point of arguing about it? Right. You know, you're allowed to have your opinion. I'm allowed to have my opinion. Yeah. And we call it Congratulations. A there right. you go. Right. Um, but at the same time, it was just interesting. Like some of the, some of the stuff that showed up for me um, recently around that and how much, um, how much like I would shut off and not share what was in my head because I thought it was not acceptable. Hmm. You know, it's, I wonder sometimes with my kids, my husband and I are very well outspoken. Now, not in the like broadcaster shit everywhere and just look at me, look at me. Like it's not, I mean, yes, I'm loud personality and, I can be, um, I don't know, intense because I'm confident within my speaking ability and getting messages across. I had very much the opposite effect of when I heard something and there was opinions or people were saying and then someone was missing a key component of connecting the dots of a situation or if they were missing a, a thought that never, no one even like it never occurred to anybody else. And I would be the one to be like, uh, hello, are we not, are we missing the obvious here? Like, hello. Like, and so, well, obviously it wasn't obvious because I'm the one that like found it or whatever, but I wouldn't have an issue in speaking up. Like I always had that urge and pull and push. Like I almost felt like God was always pushing me to be like, speak up now. You have to say this. And so I've always been very bold, um, with speaking and, I wonder sometimes how that's going to play out with my children, especially, you know, my, my son, he hates confrontation. I mean, any, I mean, I, I don't blame him for comfort. I hate confrontation too, but at the same time, if it's writing a wrong or it's standing up for someone, then I don't have a problem having conflict or dealing with conflict to do what's right. My son, on the other hand, he is very much, um, he will be a corrector and make sure you know, corrector of the right or standing up for those the underdogs is uh, very much so. He um, he really doesn't. Basically, any serious conversation is dramatic. Anything that creates like an intellectual conversation is dramatic. It, he doesn't really fully understand what dramatic means, obviously, because people have to have a conversation and it has to have context. Um, but my, where my daughter on the other hand, so dramatic. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. Like this would be dramatic, like might be considered dramatic. I don't know. You know, like I, am not really sure, but you know, with my daughter, she is, she's very smart. 
She's very puts two and two together. She's such a logical thinker. Um, like she just, she has amazing potential to just really collect those thoughts and guide people. But she doesn't seem to have an interest in speaking out. She doesn't want to. She doesn't. Um, she'd rather like have the direction and and manage people, but she doesn't want to go out there. And do those things. And with my my youngest, I think, I mean, I wouldn't be surprised if he turned into a politician. The fact, the way that he, you know, when he says something, he says it loud and clear. He uses large hands gestures and bobbles his head. Like, <laughs> like so, so you never, you know, like, so I really do wonder what kind, you know, that he's, the, our children are watching two very strong parents, which normally there's, you know, a lead parent and a, you know, more reserved parent in a lot of couples, right? Like one that's more of the leader and the bolder, and then the other one that's the, you know, oh, the like reservist, right? And mm-hmm. instead, they have two very strong leaders as parents, um, which even my husband and I have to make sure that we pay attention so that we don't like bump heads or you know make sure we're staying in in proper role sequences so that we don't undercut the other one. Yeah, and I, I would say that you guys have such a unique relationship in the aspect we are that weird. you are. Well, it's not even about being weird. It's like like weirdly you, awesome. New, like right. Strange. I was going to say you can both be leaders and and not um, fight about who's going to lead. <laughs> right, we're not threatened. Right, by each I was going to say you're not threatened by each yeah. other. I would say in most of the relationships that I that I see, like in in my world, is that. If both people, you know, somebody's going to get undermined. Mm-hmm. Somebody's going to get, you know, that's not the way we do things. Or somebody's going to get, you know, squashed, right? Uh, you know, demeaned, whatever. You know, and it's it's hard to watch, um, you know, especially when there's family dynamics that you just kind of go, ugh. You know, right. I, I wish things weren't that way, but you can't make them grow out of that. They have to choose differently, right? And so, um, you know, but how it impacts your kids, it's kind of like, I, I, I just look at my own personal growth and my own experiences, and I think that, you know, once we get out into the world and we start having our own experiences, if you are aware of what you're attracting, then you can be like, oh, look, I just attracted the same relationship that I saw my grandparents have. <laughs> look, I just attracted the same relationship I saw my parents have. Honestly. And, oh, look, I just attracted a guy that's both mom and dad all oh, rolled in one. Yeah. Oh, crap. We need to get rid of that. You know, it's so, you know, it's so interesting <laughs> that you say that because as a child, the exact relationship that I wanted was a relationship that I saw and witnessed of my aunt and uncle. Right. They had every, like, so my family had a family, like I said, in Michigan, to which, you know, my mother was not, um, she, she worked. So she was, she was single mom. She worked. So she couldn't go up and take off summers. And so my grandparents would bring me up and I would be with them for like two, three weeks. And then as soon as July hit, my aunt would come up with her three boys. And I was basically raised with my boy cousins, like brothers. And it was amazing because, you know, we got to have the freedom to run and play and do our thing. And we had to get back by curfew by, you know, nine o'clock and get our snack. And, and every single night at nine o'clock, my aunt was sitting in the kitchen with the corded phone, not cordless, corded (laughs) phone sitting there 
and talking for at least 45 minutes to an hour and a half every single night at nine o'clock because you know we didn't, it wasn't cell phones then right so she would schedule a phone call because my uncle would stay home and the two of them would sit there and talk and catch up on their day and all of the things and you just heard her laughing and laughing and laughing and you know you could feel their connection their heart connection and i just was so in awe of that relationship because I could feel it not knowing of empathy and all of that stuff but I could feel the warmth and of their love and the fact that she was always so every time he said something it was a ha ha ha, ha or a or a chuckle or whatever and I absolutely adored it so much that I like that's what a perfect marriage was to me mm-hmm. and that's what I envisioned is like I want exactly that kind of happiness and then come to find out my mother that lives with us, her favorite thing is the fact that she can't hear me stop laughing in the middle of the night because my husband and I are very much like that. We can't, we don't, we don't stop talking. We don't ever find out, run out of things to talk about. And in we, when we do, we usually start picking random things to talk about <laughs> because odd silence is not normal. Yeah. <laughs> oh, that's funny. Yeah, you know, I, I I can't look back and say that I had a relationship like that in my life. Like, to where, that I could, like, look at and be like, that's what I want. Hmm. You know, it's, it's it's really interesting. And, and it wasn't, like, about, you know, being parented by people that didn't have that. You know, it's like I, I look at the issues of both my parents and I'm kind of like, oh, okay. Yeah, you know, I see why. You chose the things that you chose and why you did the things that you did. And I have no judgment over it. It was perfect for you in the moment, you know, (laughs) and, um, you know, but I just, it's, oh, wow. And maybe that's why I, maybe that's why I haven't created a relationship that I wanted is because I, I, I don't know even how to define what it is that I would want. Well, and I think, I think sometimes too, though, like, Sometimes you don't really know until you're in it. I mean, when I met my husband, I didn't know right away. It took it, it took us working together in our communication and seeing if it was fit. I mean, like before mm-hmm. that, it was you know you it's like trying on different personalities or different mm-hmm. careers to see if the if the hat fits. You know, and, and you know when I and I me and my husband have even talked about how you know we are very much a soulmate connection, but this is the first lifetime that we've ever actually gotten to build a life together. And so one of the things that's, and that actually triggered a lot of fear within myself because there would be many, many, many a time that I was focused on death or fear of losing him constantly. And I had to really dig deep to find out like, why am I constantly thinking about death and fear of losing him all the time? Like that, you know, and it wasn't, yes, okay, there'd be stress and there'd be blood pressure and there would be, you know, um, you know, his, you know, like his blood work could be a nightmare or whatever, but in like, but it's like, there are things and solutions to do. And when I cannot, I can get those things and handle that and try and fix some of the health issues. But what I can't do is I can't sit there and figure out exactly, um, you know, why, why the fear was so, so deep inside. Like it was in a rational fear. And so when I dug deep, I figured, oh my gosh, this is the first life that we've ever been together. 
and all of the other past lives that we've been together or there's been there's been plenty where we didn't get to be together there were also lives where we actually um were together but we were pulled apart very quickly and very early and never got to actually have a life together like either one of us died or we both were taken away from each other so it was it was kind of very interesting because once i once we discovered you know our past life connection now it's like we we work better or we put more effort into the future that we want for each other not just in this lifetime but in other lifetimes if you know if there are lifetimes but i i believe that there would be other lifetimes yeah you would hope so right if, yeah. there, if there's been ones in the past you would hope there's ones in the future right well and i actually that was one of the interesting things that we had to talk i had to talk to my daughter about this weekend was because you know um we actually were talking about multiple lifetimes and um you know, she was talking about how she couldn't explain why she would be drawn to something in particular or, you know, having a really strong, deep-seated connection to a certain culture or um, an intrigue towards something else. And I kind of had to jump in and say, hey, look, like that um, actually could have been one of your past lives. Because so she said, she said very much she feels like she was born in the wrong time mm. because she feels like she was more connected to, you know... Um, she said the 2000s, but I think she wasn't, I think she was referring more to the 20th, older, um, I think she was really referring to more like 1800s, like 1800 time period or 1900 time period. Like there, it's just so, the, I still have to get, make sure that I don't, I know which time frame she's referring to based off of movies because she's still at the age where she doesn't memorize like Renaissance time period or, you know, um, caveman time period or World War II or, you know, like the fifties. Like, so I, we haven't, I, I'm very eager to find out what time period that is. She, she said the two thousands and I was like, no, no, you're kind of in the two thousands. I started to say, you've lived most of the 2000s, 2000s. so right. far. <laughs> Wait, I think she meant in the 1900s, but she very yeah. much was kind of standing out like, I feel like I was born in the wrong time. And I said, actually, you weren't born in the wrong time. You probably are picking up on a past life connection. And I said, well, very much so when you are, you know things or things seem familiar or they feel like home, it's because it was home to you at or at least point. home to your soul. Yeah. At some point. Yeah. Yeah, that's that's such a fascinating concept because, I mean, not everybody believes that. I mean, it's, it's almost like we, you, you know, there's a lot of people out there believe that we get one turn and that's it. You know? And some people choose that, yeah. And, and it's like, okay, well, you know, I, I think that, I mean, gosh, I have memories from that are very distinct and very specific that I've had throughout my life. Mm-hmm from 1400s and from way before that you i know? at least have memories from two or three different time periods that mm-hmm. were at least 100 years apart yeah and like one of them distinctly was during the holocaust yeah. like i mean watching and it got triggered because i had watched um my my daughter really wanted to get into we're calling it holocaust month for the month of february how to celebrate valentine's day there you go um <laughs> But she wanted. She wants to get an education and fully understand. And so we are creating a list of movies to kind of enlighten her of that time period, um, just because I feel like it's important for her to be aware of what full discrimination was, and you know all the bias and how people can be completely just 
corrupted into a certain way of thinking. And so, um, that, so we, we, we basically started a list of movies to start with so that we can interact with her. But I had, I told her in the car that, um, you know, I have to be a little bit careful with how much exposure because it very does, it triggers a trauma response within me. Um, cause I end up having nightmares that are not related to the movie movies at all. They are, um, a hundred percent and they're, I cannot remember for the they're, life of me what more personal. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> well, and that, that's the yeah. thing though, is that one, one movie where they did walk, um, you know, a crowd of people into a gas chamber and I was like, no, that wasn't the entry. I knew the entry point was different. That was not the same entry point. But then I was like, no, that was over here, and this wasn't a tunnel, and this went like this. But I knew it was like a vivid memory, and I was like, it must have been a different camp or a different alternative. But I vividly remember being terrified, knowing what was coming, and holding my child as the gas chamber went, and I was that was it. Oh, wow. Wow. Yeah, I, you know, that is a period of time that I have no connection to and no no interest in and no connection to. Probably because right? it probably wasn't. But, you, but at the same time, right. it's kind of like, you know, the first time that I saw the movie Braveheart. Yeah. It's like it took my breath away. And I, I mean, like I could tell you. I mean, it's like I knew that I had been there. Right. And um, which I love that I, movie and I'll watch it every single time. But I wasn't there. I, w- I was there. Okay. I mean, not obviously the way that it was portrayed and whatever else. But, but that time point, period, But for in sure. that time period and even through uh, some of the experiences that they portrayed. Yeah. And, you know, it's like when I started doing my family history, it's like my family had probably connections throughout that. Right. You know, throughout that period. And then even some of the names um, were familiar names within my family, which was yep. fascinating. Well, and then, you know, it's like I was actually there. I was you know there in that part of um scotland and um you know did <laughs> you know it's like we we kind of backpacked and did a little um tour through the scottish highlands and things like that and one of the nights that i was there it's like i had this vivid 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 dream where i was flying across one of the fields and i actually saw my grave hmm. you know but i mean it was just like so intense for me like being there just felt like home wow and, well, um, and I and I'm very drawn to all Celtic traditions, Scotland in particular. Yeah. I mean, even with Highlander, I feel like my soul is being spoken through when mm-hmm. watching a lot of that. But like, you know, with um, with Braveheart, like I felt like I was off years. Like, mm-hmm. you know what I mean? Like, it wasn't. I yeah. don't think it. It might have been fifty. After, yeah, right? it was like yeah. I think it was fifty years later. Yeah. In that time, but mm. or, but like, and not that lo- in not that location. Like some of, it was just very deep rooted. I know that I know that my Celtic ancestry is very much because I. It's almost like I feel my heart just expanding and powering through, yeah. and it's like it's just very interesting. It's like, you know, when we talk about you know creating that massive beam of light, you know, from within and shining it out. It's almost like it's like it's sunken in and yanked and pulled and projected. And the same thing happens when, when I get connected to a time period to which I was at, Mm -hmm. that's exactly what happens. I get that same sinking. And then it's just, this is, Oh my gosh. Yeah. It just pulls you and you're like, 
And it's not like, you know, it's not like watching a movie and being in the movie and being enthralled by the movie like you are with and Avatar you get, or something. But, and you get like the, you know, and the, the buzzies. buzzies and, yeah, yeah. That's not what we're talking about. I mean, we're really talking about like having this soul connection of like i've been there i know that experience yeah i, I you can't explain why yeah you can't explain why but you know yeah and you and and it's just so familiar it's home it's part of the essence of your creation you know and and for me it's like there's even some chinese medicine aspects of that like you know it's like i have this really deep connection to um china as well but you know i have to i have to say that that one is way more ancient for me like which one china Oh, yeah. yeah. No, I was telling Leo that, that that was part of your connection as well. Yeah. And, and, you know, it's just like that one is really deep for me. It's very, very old. Very, very old. Um, Which that was like 2,000, like 2,000 years ago? So, well, Chinese medicine, the way that it's, you know, the, the original books that they found were like, you know. They were like, scrolls, weren't they? I, I don't need. I would assume that they were on some sort of rice paper or whatever it is. I, I don't even know from ancient times. Um, but they're over 2,000 years old. Crazy. Yeah. And so, <laughs> but I, you know, it's like it, the, the, um, the idea that, you know, if you're not just a physical body and you are a um, spiritual being and that that spiritual being is eternal is just fascinating to me. And that, you know, it's like if you are an eternal spiritual being and you could have been at any point in time it's like if you had access to the knowledge that you had throughout all of those lifetimes it's like how brilliant would you be right (laughs) um but i i think that we have to go through a process of rediscovering um those bits and pieces of ourselves absolutely and that you know whatever lessons that we got from that pulling it forward into now and either choosing it again or not choosing it i think i think there's a time i think there's a time when we're ready and i think there's i think we get glimpses of things to kind of say hey just making you aware like this is part of you and who you are and you may not know it yet but it'll we'll we'll give you more information in the future and then i feel like you know there are certain things where I know I'm intrigued and want to dive into, but it's not the time. I'm too busy. I have a lot of commitments. I have a lot of focus I have to do with my children and things like that. It's kind of like, you know, hey, when my youngest might be at a more teenage level, that might be a great opportunity for me to kind of dive in into those past life experiences to explore and find out a little bit more. Um, and I, I definitely would need a guide. Like that would not be something I would do solo yeah. at all. No, I, I mean, I really, I've done some past life regressions with practitioners, like, mm-hmm. and I highly recommend doing it with someone because first of all, if you, you know, have those dreams or you have those memories by yourself, you're not going to remember necessarily what you said you may have some it's like having a dream and waking up from a dream and being like well wait a minute what was what was that that i what do i remember about that or it's not real clear it's not but it's like if you do it with a practitioner or somebody who's doing it they can like take notes of your journey or record it or whatever it is especially one of the ones that i did was actually that period of time that we're talking about and i don't remember all the details now Mm -hmm. um but you know it's like i remember getting married i remember um my first child not being my husband's because of 
the laws that they had at the time. Interesting. And and things like that. And I remembered her name. Like, I remembered my name wow. in that period of time. And I couldn't even... I, I don't remember it now, but... Um, I mean, it was just, it was very fascinating, like, the, the amount of information and the detail that I had when I was in the, yeah, I, state. The state, yeah. right? The, in, I, in, I the, mean, in that, in me- that, it's kind of like a meditative guiding say, it's, state. It's, it's like different, a, though. A hypnosis, but not hypnosis, yeah. right? Well, and I, the thing, I remember when I was working um, with Mays one time, like, she was, you know, doing a, kind of a spiritual upgrade, mm-hmm. you know, security get you ready for boom like whatever and um it was really interesting because actually i have a very hard time with my spirit guides showing themselves to me there's a there's always like a separated block and i i'm not really sure why that is like i can be a little bit aware but you know i don't really know who or what is around or whatever and um but i did meet one of my spirit guides in that session um which the funny part was is that she had also seen him as well. Hmm. And so I was, you know, and as, you know, afterwards, you know, it's a perfect time where she gets her, you know, she gets her notepad out. And so then she asks questions and then, you know, and then I vividly can go through it so that she's like, perfect, perfect, perfect. And then she can like write it down so that, you know, I bet you she probably, I only remember, I remember the part that was important for me to remember, but I to probably don't remember the other details. And so they've probably fallen off, but at least there's noted, there's re- record of it. But it was very interesting because one of the guides presented themselves to me at that time. And um, even even though I still like, it was more of a exterior image and not a face in particular. Right. You know, like the face isn't clear, but like, you know, it was a beard bearded man. And even with a top hat, like, you know, and you know, I, like I could tell the height and you know, the, the presentation was different. I was like, well, that was a different kind of spirit guide. I was not expecting, hmm. but it was very interesting. Cause it was like, like, I could feel the vibration of the spirit guide right. come through. So I kind of, I get that. So sometimes when I get Intel now, Sometimes I can feel the vibration of that spirit guide, and then at least I can identify what that is. But I wouldn't, you know, some people are very awesome, and they know the name of their spirit guides, or they know where they hail from, or things of that nature. And for some reason, I'm just not ready yet. But I think that's part of the fact that I'd probably freak the fuck out if I started seeing people. And I know I have the ability to, but I'm not there yet. My husband has seen you know, spirits and, you know, souls and everything from the beginning. Yeah. Like that's always been a thing for him. And he thought he was crazy growing up because he could see things other people couldn't. And so he learned to suppress that gift. Um, And then when he found out in the military, there was an incident where they were kind of in a danger zone experience and he was leaning up against a tree. They all needed rest, but he like, could not settle and he felt both of his family spirit guides literally sit right next to him and hold him up so that he could sleep um and felt them and he said something to his mom and she's like oh yeah well that's because we can see it's probably our guides and blah 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 like as it was common knowledge and he's like mom what are you talking about i've been seeing ghosts for years and you didn't tell me that i was fine and he and he just thought he was crazy so he suppressed everything yeah and I had some of that experience, too, because it's like I saw things as a kid that I, you know, I, I think I've probably said this before. People look like dubbed over kung fu movies to me. Yeah. 
right? Yeah, I love how you describe that. And it was just kind of like, among other things, and it's like I didn't actually find out that my dad saw auras until I was well into my 20s. And, you know, it's like he never spoke of it because he didn't want people to think he was crazy. That kind of thing. Can you imagine it's a like world I didn't, like that, like, though? If people could openly If people speak? would just be like, this is how I experience the world. Which I have to say, like, you know, this is kind of skipping tracks, but it really fits with the whole thing I'm about to say. Is that, I hope you, you know, say that's, something about Hogwarts right now. Well, <laughs> kind of, sort of, but not really. Um, <laughs> I wish we had a magic school. I wish we had a magic school. But but the reality is it's not magic. It's just who we are. Yeah. Right? And, um, you know, what I started to say, though, is like... I love, like, even running through um, Instagram lately. It's, like, for whatever reason, since the beginning of the year, I have been, like, hit so hard with, like, everything ADHD, everything ADHD, everything ADHD. And I was just, like, okay, I need to do some research into this because, you know, at one point in my life, I thought I was ADHD, and I went and got tested for it. And the lady that tested me said, well, I don't think that you are, but I think that you're massively compulsive and I wouldn't trust you with my credit card. And what she didn't know at the time was that my roommates that knew me well had given me their credit cards to hold on to because they trusted my judgment with credit cards better than they trusted themselves. But, you know, the thing about that was, is like when I started looking into ADHD and the thing that kind of triggered this whole little rant was that so many people are trying to describe what it's like to be in their brain when it comes to being atypical, Mm -hmm. right? And it's like they're really being very straightforward of like, you know, my brain does this or, you know, it's like the reason that I have a closet on the floor or a closet is that (laughs) a closet (laughs) closet is because if it's in the closet I can't see it and if it's on the floor then I can choose easily or whatever it is you know it's like (laughs) you know they're bringing light to something that's been made to seem weird when honestly it's like all of us have that responsibility to kind of like figure out and see how our brain works Mm -hmm. and how our intuition works and how are this works and how are that works because for me that was the one thing that started bringing me out of that hiding right Right. is because when I started to be able to be like oh hey you know I'm not crazy because I hear things and I see things and I you know have been had direct experiences of I'm gonna say ghosts Mm -hmm. Um, absolutely (laughs) I have you know or, or whatever it is you know it's like when you know that experience or when you know yourself and you know your intuition you don't have to know your guide's names you can feel them when they're there yeah well and even better is it's like you know there are certain times where you can be blocked by something that's too close to you if you're openly communicating with your friends about you know what what you're getting what's going there when you're blocked sometimes they can jump in and help Absolutely. Because it's like when you're having, I mean, to me, it goes back to the old religious thing where it's like spirit comes in when there's two or more. <laughs> right. Right. And it's, it's not even that that happens. It's just the fact that the energy is present. And when somebody opens up and they're like saying, hey, this is what I'm experiencing. This is what I'm hearing. What do you feel? What do you think? What do you see about what? Then they can actually right. like fill in the blank. Right. Right. Absolutely. Well, and I, and I think that I think that's one of the things that I like, um, you know, kind of being outed by the people of my surroundings is because it wasn't, you know, I always, like you would, you know, kind of have that, I don't want to say you were invisible, but you wouldn't, you know, 
project yourself out there. You kind of stay in your eye. This is how, this is only what I want you to see kind of aspect. Mine was, I didn't want, I am bold. I am blunt. I can be, you know, right on point, but I could say things that some people aren't ready to hear yet. And, um, you know, it, so I would always kind of reserve the amount of information that I would share because I didn't want to, you know, push people or like push them too far. Like they have the potential they to hear some of it, but at the same time, they can't get the full concept yet. And I didn't want to push them to the point where the full concept would like make them regress and like go crazy. And so I, I would reserve a lot of my, not myself, but, um, just even some of the knowledge or some of my abilities with people because, you know, some people, you get that feeling where some people are totally accepting. Like, yeah, they can't hear that yet. They can't, <laughs> exactly. And I'm not yeah. saying that that doesn't mean that I'm not going to say that, but, you know, over the last two years, I had to do a lot of healing um, and just really reflection of self of being like, hey, why, why are some of these issues the way that they are? Because you can't, Let's just say that I'm not supposed to be silent. I didn't have the voice and the boldness and the random shenanigans that I am mm -hmm. for nothing. And so, but I had to dig deep and I had to reflect and I had to really get to the point where I was comfortable being like, you know what? It's time. It's time for me to share. It's time for me to expand. It's time for me to do this and not worry about if it, if someone did get a little bit like, Whoop! because they needed to hear it and whatever. Now, I'm not going to be bold and blunt to the point where I, you know, go bonkers and say something insulting because I would never do something like that or I wouldn't tell them something more than what they, um, you know, if they're not ready to hear it, I still will refrain on an individual basis. But on a public level, if I'm speaking engagement, if I'm doing something of that nature, I'm going to do what needs to be done because it's time. Right. And that's what I'm being called and told to told to do well and i really feel like there's been mm -hmm. a push like in the last three years specifically like something about 2020 just kind of pushed this forward of like more people are stepping up stepping out communicating clearly teaching about spiritual concepts right. um you know it's like just being more of you know this is who we're capable of being right absolutely and it's and it's so like refreshing there's a little bit of enviousness. I don't, I don't notice any envy on my part, but I, en I, I, I envy, it. I envy that some of these younger generations have it so much more of a public uh, norm mm. than I did. Yeah, and that part is where I'm envious of. Where, but at the same time, it's not something that stays on in a negative, dense energy of envy. It's like. Oh man, I wish that happened to me. And then I'm like, you know what? I'm so glad that it's out. I don't really give a crap anymore. Yeah. So no, I get that. I get that. I, I, you know, like I said, I don't know that I have. I, I don't know that I would change a thing. As far as my life goes, it's like, I would. I, I would never change a thing. I, I, I don't have that envy just because I'm kind of like, you know what? I, I've been through some shit in my life. Yeah. And and it's made me who I am. Yeah. Like I would I never change a single the, thing. The knowledge base or the understanding or the compassion that I have for others, I wouldn't have the stories to share. Right. If I hadn't had exactly the life that I've had. Well, and the other thing too is that you always have to like, you know, there are times where you sit there and you're like, oh man, I could have been X or why wasn't I X? And then you look back and you're like, well, 
obviously not because it doesn't match your personality or you can't stand like you know like I've always had a bunch of talent and interest for you know shows or seeing eyes of different talents and things of that nature so I've always been like oh why didn't I do the whole like be an actress or be a singer or be whatever and then I remind myself oh because I can't sell stuff that I morally can't support and done yeah, well, and two, it's like I I never, ever, ever, and I was really clear about this really early in my life, I never wanted to be famous. Yeah. I never wanted that lifestyle. I never wanted to have to worry about, like, everybody out right. there being right. on me and not being able to have any privacy at all whatsoever. You know, it's like that's the way that it occurred to me. Right. But I, I just never wanted that. that. Well, and, and that's what I find so interesting is that, like, our experiences make us exactly who we are. And then it sometimes I think some people get so stuck in la-la land of, you know, the image of what something is, not realizing that it doesn't match who they are. And that's why they're not that. And that's, and I will never, I don't have any regrets and I don't, I don't wish something else had happened. I, I, everything has always happened for a reason, exactly how it should be. And I'm exactly where I'm supposed to be. Yeah. I, and I, I'm right there with you. I'm, I'm exactly where I'm supposed to be, but I'm actually kind of excited about what's coming next, right? Yes. Um, just because it's like, you know, it's like I have been in alignment with whoever I was for the last 20 years because I didn't know what else to do, and I just kept moving forward at whatever mm-hmm. pace that I possibly could and whatever, whatever, whatever. And it's like I'm finally starting to be able to step into understanding and seeing, like, you know what? It wasn't time for me to step out and really be all of who I am until now. Agreed. Right? Agreed. Like, I feel the energy, too. And and it's funny. I love the fact that both of us are being called around the same time. Huh. Funny how that seems to work. Right? Right. Absolutely. (laughs) And oddly enough that we had started this podcast before even knowing that it was our time. Right. Well, thank Super you for that. Thank, thank you guys for listening to Embracing the Wild. We will see you whenever we do this again. Yeah. And thank you for listening to the Rice Check Snacks by my kid that clearly is hungry. And uh, yeah, do you have anything to say, sir? Yum, yum. Yum, yum. Yum, yum. All right. (laughs) So go out there and embrace your inner wild.